0: So the story goes that Augustine, 3rd century saint, one of the great minds of Christianity, was walking along the beach, and he saw a little kid making a hole in the sand, walking to the water, picking up water, put it in the hole. Now Augustine had been thinking about today, the Trinity, God, Father, Son, and Spirit. We're going to talk about that, of course, during the homily as we continue. So he walks over to the little kid and says, What are you doing? And the kid kept going back and forth from the ocean to the hole, the ocean to the hole. And the little kid says, I'm going to put that whole ocean in this hole. Augustine laughs. He says, That's impossible. The kid says, So is it impossible for your little mind to understand the vastness of the Trinity? And then he disappeared. Angel, messenger, we don't know. But that's the story that goes with the Trinity that is very popular. You may have heard it before. The Trinity. The scriptures become our index. You know, you go through the index. Remember, we used to have those old phone books like this. Now we go on, we have it on our phones. The scriptures become our index when we want to find God or even figure out what is God, the nameless one. Moses had that dilemma. He went up to the mountain, and of course, while he's in the mountain, receiving what we come to know as the commandments, or the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, the people of Israel are at the bottom of the mountain. And they're waiting and waiting and waiting, and Moses doesn't come down. He's supposed to be up there praying, but he ain't here. And then some of the leaders in the community, and this was the constant problem with Israel, They figured, you're looking for God? Let's make a God. And everybody, gather all your gold, bring it over here, let's throw it on the fire, and let's get the artists to to make a statue, a golden statue, a golden calf, so we can worship, so we can see what we're worshiping. Not up in the clouds with Moses, but here, concretely. So let's all worship. The golden calf, you know the story. Moses come down after he's had this relationship with God, and, and he doesn't know what God looks like. He even asked God, can you show me your face? Because God was communicating w- with Moses through signs and wonders and sound, but, but it, didn't, it didn't click. Tell me what you look like so I'll know what to go down there and report. And God says, now this is all through revelation. God says to him, can't do that. If you look at me, you'll die. You'll just go, woof, gone, Out out, out of the universe. God is pure spirit. And yet he's communicating this to Moses. And he sees the back of God, but not the face, as God withdraws. In the meantime, he says, oh God, you know those people down there? Your people? You better better stay with me because they're going through terror right now. I need your strength. I'm going down to them, and he does go down, and I'm not Cecil B. DeMille. I could describe it more graphically if I was, but you've seen the old movies. He goes down. And what does he see? The people he just led through the Red Sea, the people he just brought out of bondage in Egypt, the tribes of Israel, hundreds, worshiping an idol, worshiping something concrete but fake. And he gets a little dramatic. He may have been Sicilian for all I know because his temper just caused him to throw the great Ten Commandments down and destroy them. My mother was like that. That's why I used Sicilian. if you got in her way, she would throw whatever she had in her hands at you to discipline. Sometimes it worked. And now Moses is depressed because he knows two mistakes don't fix each other. It just got worse. Now he has no God, he has no commandments, and he has no people. So he goes back up the mountain and asks God for a second turn. And God accomplishes that again. He accommodates him. Now, the story I'm telling you is from the Holy Scriptures. It comes from the first five books called the Pentateuch. And this particular one is from the book of Moses leaving, the Exodus book. God communicates to us through scripture. We we don't have any other revelation of God because he's the invisible one. When he was asked what his name is, he said, am, being, I am who am. All of it boggles the imagination because God is not this human form. He reveals, and I say he, even that lacks full authenticity. God reveals who God is through the word. So God stays with his people as they go through Exodus. They establish themselves in the promised land and life continues, then eventually somebody says, let's build a temple for our God, and we'll put his word, the tablets, in a big box, in the temple. So it was called the Ark of the Covenant, the tablets. So they build this great big temple, and everybody's happy, but not so much. Because they forgot god's word he put his word on those tablets for us and i have to say us because god speaks to all of us through his word so we could follow him so we have the basic format the 10 commandments do this don't do that do this don't do that if we did that that would be the end we'd be one with god we'd be okay with god but i say we Our ancestors, the Jews, did not maintain the relationship. That relationship is called a covenant. did not hold on to the covenant that God initiated through the word for the people. So time and time again, they broke the covenant. They ignored the commandments. And God kept sending prophets to wake them up to tell them what to do, to get back on board. But they kept refusing. Finally, again, he's communicating with us through his word. He sends his word in the flesh. Jesus. And Jesus, little by little, reveals who God is. That he, Jesus, is the word of God, but the God that he's talking to is his father, but he and his father are one. And then Jesus, as we study scripture, lets us realize that when he leaves the earth after the crucifixion, ascension, he's going to send, I'm going to say his, his spirit, Jesus, God, Father, God, one person. And they, we have to use plural words for our comprehension, send their spirit, Pentecost, we celebrated that last week, so that the apostles get it. When the spirit comes, it's the idea, the light bulb above their head goes off and they realize all the things that Jesus did and said to them when he walked the earth, now they realize he was God in the flesh. He was the word of God in the flesh. So we look at that today, that that mystery, and there are so many ways to try to understand it, as well as Augustine. But a very good way to understand it, I think, is to realize God is one, God is nameless, and he reveals, again I use that pronoun, God reveals divinity as father, creator, son who came to earth, and spirit who enlightens us. Who makes us figure it out? Many theologians through the centuries have tried to give us analogies, and we can only approach God through analogy, as far as mental comprehension. It's as if it's an analogy. It says that a father marries a mother, and they produce a child together, three in one. It's one family, but three persons. An analogy. Because God has no sexuality. But from the beginning, and the books, the words tell us that, Genesis, God was, and his word created trees, flowers, birds, people eventually. So again, we're going with this concept of God as word, and as word, he reveals himself to us. And in Jesus, his beautiful examples constantly refer back to why I'm here, Jesus. This is why I'm here. Because God sent his son so that the world could be saved and we, people, can join the Father. That's the reason for Jesus coming on earth. But we couldn't figure it out until the Spirit of God, the love of God, the kiss of God showers itself on us. Is it a mystery? Yes. Do we scratch our heads and try to figure it out? You could, but the key is putting ourselves before God in faith. Believing what his word through the scriptures has taught us. That God is one, revealed to us as creator, as son, word, as Holy Spirit. And some theologians give us this analogy. It's as if the father is communicating to the son, and the son is communicating back to the father, and their communication gives energy to their spirit. So then you have... Three persons, one God, constantly in communication with each other. Some theologians will say, constantly looking at each other, and you can only use analogies, looking at each other in love. And the love with which they stare at each other, and now that sounds very boring, but realize we're using analogies, the love with which they stare at each other is the Spirit. The spirit that you and I have when we pray. There are no proper words. Jesus attempted that by saying, okay, you want to talk to God, you want to talk to my Father, okay, just say, Daddy in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is how you'll communicate with God, who happens to be my Father. Jesus attempted In so many ways, the word of Scripture gives it to us. And the word of Scripture is not perfect. We know that because we know the people who wrote the Scriptures. What was motivating them was not the ink in their pen, but the spirit of faith within them. So what they wrote was theologically authentically true. They may have made a mistake here or there with a date or the name of a person, but that's not what they were trying to convey. The Word, the Scriptures of God, were communicating to us the eternity of God, the oneness of God, and the uniqueness of God, three revelations in one. want to communicate with God? He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Yes, this is the most tangible, because Jesus had an idea. Listen, these people are thick-headed. Remember like the Israelites in the bottom of Sinai? These people are thick-headed. They're not going to get it unless I give them something tangible. So on the night before he dies, he gives us the most tangible connection we have with God, his own body and blood. And we call that communion, coming together. A few minutes before Mass, family was celebrating baptism. A cute little kid being washed in the waters of baptism. Another tangible way in which God communicates to us through water and oil and anointing. The other day, Gunther from Island called me and said, Father, a friend of mine is dying. Can you come over and visit her, pray with her? So I went and I anointed Angela with the anointing of the sacrament of the sick. Again, another tangible way, the oil on her forehead and her hands and the words going into her ears, whether she heard them or not, a tangible way of connecting with God. We do that in the confirmation. We do it in confession, with the words that come from God through the mouth of the priest. Those of you who are married, bring the word of God alive when you say, I do, to each other. Before the world, two people become one. So Jesus, in his humanity, figured it out. And through the history of the church, we have sacred moments in which we realize how God attempts to connect with us tangibly. But always God is with us in the word and say say and, and this has happened before some people will say well i i don't pray, pray to the holy spirit i pray, pray to jesus well that's all right but without the holy spirit there's no god without jesus there's no god without the father the creator there's no god so we pray to the holy spirit we're praying to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray to Jesus. We're praying to, we're praying to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray to the Creator to bless our family, bless our world. We're praying to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Today we celebrate that mystery. Today we celebrate that continuous conversation that God has as Father, Son, and Spirit with us. And you respond. We all do, not only in the Lord's Prayer. We respond with any time we cross ourselves. We respond with any time we come to the Eucharist and take the body and blood of Christ. We respond, and this is key, because it's in your power. We respond when we love one another. We respond when we think of the Gospels and think of what Jesus did. Walked on water, healed the blind. All of those parables that he gave us, all attempting to enlighten us to understand who God is and how God was revealed in the Old Testament, in the water, in the oil, in the healings. It's such a wonderful I guess we've got to use the word mystery, but it's such a relationship that we have with God. I hope each day we appreciate it more and more through our prayer, through our understanding, through our contact with each other. If there's no love in our lives, no God. Pure and simple. Our world more and more has rejected. The concept of God, well, that's just stupid. I mean, I don't care what science you follow, what model you follow. The the idea is that God is the creator of all of it. Big Bang, that's fine. Darwinian, that's fine. Doesn't matter. Any scientific approach we attempt to use is okay for our feeble minds. But the whole mystery, right here in the Word. May God, Father, Son, and Spirit enlighten us every day.